0: From the city of brotherly love. This is Shark Bite Biz with David Strausser. You just arrived to the newest episode of Shark Bite Biz. I'm your glamorous host, David Strausser, and this is your place to learn how to grow a business during complete global chaos. Today we're chatting about digitally transforming your assistant (laughs) first though remember please download the shark bite biz app exclusively on the android google play store right there you can find every audio every video of the show right there in the app plus if you open up the menu and you click that little coffee store button you can find our fabulous coffee that's right dead house coffee right there inside of the app or you can go to deadhousecoffee.com where you get the freshest coffee on earth that is roasted sealed and shipped within a 24-hour period to your doorstep plus use code shark you'll save 20% We'll get all the proceeds to continue growing the show, making it as big and as best as we can. Now, let's get back to today's show. We're going to chat with a great entrepreneur that created a law firm in Miami and then went on to create a second company to allow other law firms to achieve financial freedom. Many business owners are bogged down because. You you know, they're doing everything themselves. It's just those mundane tasks that they really shouldn't be doing. Now, we have the flexibility, especially during COVID with everything working remotely. Now, you're able to free yourself up and give those tasks to actual virtual assistants. And we're not talking Alexa or Siri or anything like that. We're talking actual people doing the work for you. So, who do we have today? Mr. Brett Tremblay. Brett is a co-founder of Get Staffed Up, which is a virtual assistant staffing company that liberates mostly law firms and recently some other businesses with incredible offshore talent. This year, they qualified to receive the Inc. 5000 Award as well, besides his VA company, he is also the founder of Trembly Law Firm, a franchise and business law firm in Miami. The firm has grown from one attorney in two thousand and eleven to ten attorneys and twenty employees representing some of the largest businesses in the eastern United States. The company made law firm five hundred list with their 444.27%. Can't forget the 0.27, 0.27% growth. So, hey, without further delay, let's bring Brett right on in Business here. strategy. Brett, welcome to Shark Bite Biz. You, my friend, you just became Shark
1: Bait. Wow, David, I'm fired up, man. Thank you so much <laughs> for having me today. I really appreciate it.
0: Oh, no problem. No problem. We love having people like you on the show because we got a bunch of fun topics we're going to discuss today, but we got to kick it off. We got a tradition here. Very first question. It's a can of worms, but who are you? Where have you been? What are you doing? How'd you get there? Basically, in a nutshell, tell us what makes Brett, Brett.
1: That is... You're right. That is a can of worms. Um, that, that can be a lot. So um, it's I'll always it.
0: interesting to hear how people answer this question because, I mean, it, it, it's hard to really sum it up and say it,
1: it. Yeah, it can be thirty minutes or it can be thirty seconds, right? So um, I will, I will definitely do neither of those. Um, <laughs> yeah, all right. So I, I, I'm a, a lawyer and an entrepreneur, and I grew up in. Uh, my, my parents later became teachers, but um, early on, my, my dad, there was a, a family jewelry store we had um, for like almost 50 years. My grandpa owned it and my father, and I always just, like I was the kid who would sell donuts at parades and have lemonade stands, and I, I paid my way to things. You know, I just like, I always liked just figuring out ways to make money. So I always knew I would be in business for myself. I just didn't know what, you know, of course, you're growing up, you you have all kinds of ideas. So um after a really, really fun college career, I wasn't ready to be a grown up and I decided to go to law school because I just wanted three more years of fun. So um I went hold to Hold on a second,
0: hold on, hold on. Hold on. You just had a really fun college career.
1: Yeah, after after I mean, I had I had the time of my life in college, right? And then uh, I decided I, I, I was not done with the student lifestyle. So I wanted to, to keep it. Okay, being... there you go. There you go. So, um, <laughs> I, I went to University of Miami Law School and um, fell in love with, with the trial team that I was on. And so I, I was uh, worked at a small law firm at a law school for three years doing litigation, doing a lot of crazy stuff. Um, unfortunately, when you're at a small law firm, you end up doing almost every type of law and and it it can get very very unfun um so after three years i started my own my own firm and being a high achiever if you will and and you know being an entrepreneur i kind of figured i knew what i was doing um and you know two and a half years in i was just working myself dry and and it was not fun and it was stressful and you know how am i going to pay the bills I, i had a new wife, mortgage and kid. And it was just like, it was just a lot. Um, and I finally, you know, hired a coach, and they convinced me to to start hiring people to, to get some of that load off of me. And my response was always like, I don't have the money, I don't have the money. But now what I know is that you'll never have the money, you have to hire someone first, the cause leads to the effect. And because I didn't hire first, I was spending my time doing all the things that that the, um, are important in a business, but that, that the lowest hourly paid person should be doing. So that's what my business was reaping. And uh, for sure, I mean, it's like when, when the more money, <laughs> the more money you make, the more opportunities that come your way and you need money to take advantage of those opportunities. Now hiring someone is a little different because you literally don't have to have a dollar in your bank account to hire someone. You just have two weeks to figure out how you're gonna pay that person in two weeks, right? Um, and and it's a risk so um part part of that risk is is when you hire someone you're telling the world i'm going to grow and a lot of people are afraid of that and they're afraid of the embarrassment that comes with not figuring it out the first time and and hopefully people like me can get over that but Especially
0: uh, nowadays with so th- social media and the way things spread at, you know, the speed of light. It's not like it was back in the 90s or 80s where it's like, oh, you know, we're going to hire someone and you fail. You know, maybe
1: only a few people know now. Everybody will know it. it. It's true. But at the same time, the world is too busy focusing on themselves, right, to care that you hired someone as your first assistant and then a few weeks later it didn't work out right well believe me there's some
0: troll out there that would care correct correct (laughs) there is Um,
1: but but you know i remember very specifically david my my first time sending out a mass email to, to my email list um i stood up in my in my office, and I like slowly hit the send button, and I put my hands on my head, like, "Wow, I just emailed all these people." Now, I don't even see our stuff that goes out. You know, we've got marketing directors; it goes out to thousands. It's like you have to kind of get over yourself. Like, who cares that a few people would would be very happy to see you fail? You're you're gonna live your life on their terms, you know, and and that's that's something that I I personally had. To, yeah. So um, what you know a few years later, in, in 2018, um, me and, and, and a friend started this company, Get Staffed up, and we do virtual staffing for for entrepreneurs and and our niche is lawyers. We believe that niches bring riches, but in having a niche, you, would,
0: you would,
1: yeah, you attract a lot of others. so we got a lot a lot of non-lawyer clients, but basically our, our tagline is "Delegate your way to freedom and the only way to grow is by having help. Now, the frustrating thing can be when your revenue's increasing, but so your expenses are keeping up with the revenue. It's kind of like, what's the point? And so we, we do international staffing for lawyers, full-time people that we find, uh, we go recruit. Uh, we find the top 1% of, of the uh, virtual workers that the, that the world has to offer in Latin America and South Africa and then we place them or match them with you. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a wonderful business, a wonderful formula, really changing lives, and I'm not exaggerating, both here in the U.S. and overseas. So that's interesting uh, that you
0: use, you said South Africa, I believe, right? Uh, as well as Latin America. Uh, You don't know this, my viewers do, but I actually, I lived in Mexico for 15 years. I lived in Peru for a year. My wife's Peruvian and, uh, you know, a lot of experience down there living, working uh, in Latin America. And for a time, I had a client of my own and they were a... I mean technically offshoring, we called it nearshoring, which I believe that term has now really gained steam., uh, but it was because it's in Tijuana. and you know, we were Tijuana, I mean, literally people that don't know the border region, they don't really understand Tijuana and San Diego is literally like imagine uh, LA or New York City with a fence through the middle of the city being an international border, it's one big Cali Baja metropolitan. So it was. Near shore, and because you'd fly right into san diego and 40 minutes later you're at the office with all the developers and techies and stuff like that that's working for your company so it it was pretty cool one area that i've discovered to be a challenge and i face is not just in latin america but even if i hire somebody like off fiverr for example and i have somebody from india or pakistan or some other asian country out there you know speaking english and really comprehending english of what people mean with intent are two different things and that's where i think a lot of Offshore uh, projects like that struggle. Has that been a challenge for you and your team?
1: And if it was, how did you get around it in the early days? So we started in the Philippines, and most of the people that do what we do, most of the companies are in the Philippines because their economy is set up to support. Like their economy is like, please hire our, our people, and and we're going to train them, we're going to teach them English. But I wish everyone that. That I ever wanted to have a conversation with would listen to what you just said because part of the reason we're no longer in the Philippines is that the culture and the English comprehension and the spoken English was so much better in Latin America. And then, of course, South Africa, what's the first language? Now, I want to have a caveat here. We still have our own internal team members from the Philippines. Some of them are just amazing. I wouldn't trade them for anything in the world, but by the masses, right, in large quantities, um, we just found that you know, we're, we're not in India for that reason, we're not in a lot of areas for that reason. Um, when, like most of our clients hire client-facing you know, people, very important jobs. You're, you're, you're hiring not only virtual assistants, but we do full-time only, so it's not project-based. So we're, you're having a receptionist, your phone's can be answered in Mexico, and then with the VoIP system, you know, they're just clicking hold one, two pound, and then the phone rings as fast as it would in your office, just even, you know, just next door. Um, intake coordinator. It's kind of crazy. I mean, oh, wow. one thing
0: I think that that really helps, I mean, the tech, obviously technology, but uh, as we're talking about the language barrier of speaking versus comprehension, I think Latin America really has a huge benefit uh, for a couple reasons. I mean, one is there's a lot of Latinos. Uh, when I lived in Mexico, I've met a lot of people like this. For example, they got a green card and they lived, worked in the U.S. for maybe 20 years. And then they're like, okay, you know, I'm ready to go back home. I made my money. I'm good. I could start my own business, you know, and be semi-retired, but they're fluent in English. You know, you have people that have, uh, you know, been deported, but they've been up here. And that's one of the benefits I think of, of Tijuana is that you just have so much Cross border influence there because of the people that have lived in the States for whatever reason it may be. That there's a lot of call centers down there in Tijuana that specify in getting English speaking Mexican and the occasional American expat that's like, hey, I, I want to earn an extra couple bucks. And they throw call centers down there. I mean, it's pretty amazing and it's very effective too.
1: Yeah, yeah, very effective. And, and, that's what we found. And, and so we, we kind of quickly moved to Latin America. Um, again, and we're talking full time, like, like, virtual assistant has a kind of Fiverr Upwork, you know, sound to it, right? Like, I need I need something designed, or I need, you know, even a, a just ongoing, but project based. Um, and and there and, and Fiverr and is a great platform for that, like, we still use them sometimes, if we need something specifically, but We're talking loyal, full-time, you know, really educated, happy, dedicated, hardworking people. We're plucking the top 1% of talent from all over the world and hoping to place them with our clients. Um, So, you know, the business has just grown and grown and grown because people see it. Right, so your people though,
0: they do more than just answering phones, I assume, right? They're also doing some admin tasks, stuff like that. Uh, like, let's use the podcast as an example. I have a full-time, full-time job, Vision 33, I run the Northeast region. You know, we have a ton of clients, employees, everything that I manage. And therefore, sometimes, you know, when I get interview requests, I'm a little bit slow getting back to the people one because the show's booked up you know for probably the next six to eight months and then two just because i already have so much work on, on my plate you know would it make sense for somebody like me to have a part-time virtual assistant that's managing all these interview requests that's making sure this stuff gets out that after someone interviews uh they're sending out the links for example to the guests on the show like hey your interview is posted it's live here's all the links do you do those sort of
1: things it's funny because what you just said was an example i gave like last week on a podcast i'm like look if you're the podcast host Right. You shouldn't be emailing guests. You shouldn't be inviting guests. You shouldn't be doing the editing. You shouldn't be doing the promoting. You shouldn't be doing the post. You should show up and do the podcast and be nice and rested and do as many as you want. And and someone else, you should have delegated all these things to. Now, I would argue at the price point that that's a full time job for somebody because when you do part time, now, now that person is a human being, they need to go look for other work. That other work may sometimes take precedence over yours, et cetera. So, um, and I wanted to make the point, to David, answering the phones is one of the least popular sort of things that we place. It's mostly admin assistants and virtual admin assistants and virtual marketing assistants. So, um, we, we, yeah, we do video editors. We do, um, you know, graphic designers. We do content. a little harder to find, but you can't find people um, that write really well. Um, not not people who are going to come in and take over your marketing department, but they're going to take direction from you as the owner, entrepreneur or the marketing director, or coordinator. And then uh, billing clerks, um, happiness or client concierge, um, executive assistant for you or your leadership team to just help you delegate all the things that each, you know, just come and come into our plates right as as time passes opportunities come our way we start taking on more projects and suddenly we're doing a bunch of things that should be delegated
0: yeah luckily i've been i i guess you could say i've been blessed my Son is big into editing, graphic design, all of that stuff. So it's kind of like a father-son bootstrap show that we've got here. And it's cool because you can take a look from season one and the quality and just trying to figure out the right tech to do the shows, to record interviews, and how it's progressed. The first three compared to the last three, I guess you could say, we're doing some tweaking now because I got a brand new laptop in that records things a little bit differently than the previous one. But I've been lucky in in that aspect. But I totally agree with everything that uh, that you said, and that I, I think you should make that a niche uh, market for you as far as getting podcast hosts because I know. For our podcast, we're doing one show a week right now. I mean, there wouldn't be enough work for someone to do truly, you know, 40 hours a week part time. But if you're doing it as a fractional admin assistant, you know, where they're working a three or four podcasts offering the same service, you know, a couple hours each one. I think that'd be a pretty good niche market for you because there's a crap ton. A podcast out there uh that are both bigger and smaller than this show. So my son is 18. He's a freshman in harcum College, uh in Bryn Mawr, right? Uh it's literally right uh, about two, three blocks away from Villanova. And I'm like, dude, why didn't you just apply to Villanova? You know, he he was uh he got a he, he got a little bit lazy i think his senior year um you know because of covid stuff like that and did not apply like he should have but he also didn't have the structure or the direction that most seniors did because we were in the middle of covid and i from what i understand he wasn't the only one it's happened to a, a good percentage of students like him so um you know you call yourself a delegation expert okay how would you define the delegation expert title
1: um that's interesting um i think it, i think it's uh, more of a i've i've built uh two inc 5000 companies you know have 140 people working for me and uh the the way to grow like that is by constantly Delegating. So there there's so many different types of delegations, right? Which is, you just got started in business and you need to make a list of everything you do, highlight all the things out in that list that you hate doing and that are taking up your time to do what you, you want to be doing and, and start with that. Like get your first executive assistant, make them virtual because it's cheap and just start delegating, delegating that list. And then there's, um, well, and that's now-
0: important what you just said, though. The first step to growth is actually i would say it's necessarily like the task that you hate doing but it's the nitty gritty granular work like hey where is your time best spent something like block a uh, which needs to be done but it's not an roi on your time or block b where if you do this or more of this you're going to get a much bigger roi and that's where then okay you know the block OK, then let's throw that over to the to the admin assistant to be able to do those tasks. That way I can do more
1: profit driving, revenue driving activities instead. Exactly. It, it's, it's two things, it's things that you don't like doing because it saps your energy and it's things that are getting in the way of your highest and best use of your time because then you can't spend time on the things that do have the ROI right and, and that that's when i i go back to you'll never have money until you hire someone because i live that as soon as i hired my first person full time i got rid of of all of the admin things the answering the phones the faxes because this was 2011 um you know i was doing all marketing networking trying to do the actual legal work cuz this is a law firm and as soon as i did that i i doubled my firm's revenue the next month and i and i never looked back so um, that's like, the, the, it's not, it's not, if you're on your own, there is a way, like you can hire someone, you can hire them for pretty inexpensively. You can fill, you can fill their time because let's say that, let's say they are running just a podcast, right? Well, what, what else do you have in your life that you could give that person? Cause at the price point, it really doesn't make sense to not have that person, not use It's called Think and Grow Rich, David, and I really believe in this. It's not called Work and Grow Rich. You can think your way into so many things. There's an answer, right? And if you have a mastermind, some other people to talk through things with, you can figure out a lot of cool things. Like I would rather pay someone $1,500, $1,800, 2,000 a month full time and have them tell me, I've got about 15 extra hours of capacity a week. And I think like, how can that person help me make more money? then I would save $500, uh, uh, you know, a a, a month and say, oh, I only need that person for 20. 20." That's a really
0: good way thinking about it, too. And I think too many entrepreneurs, business owners, you know, executives, they get you know they they look at it in that way, like oh I I, I could save five hundred bucks a month if I do it this way, instead of turning the tables around, like hey well what else can I have them do to drive more revenue, um, and fill in that that extra time. We face similar challenges, I guess you can say, with my day job Vision Thirty Three because you know we're selling ERP SAP and Sage software and that's business process automation software now with that that's difficult because we get a lot of the same business owners that have that type of mentality like hey you know it's going to cost me 10 grand to automate that one portion of the system or integrate this to that for the automation and They think about it like, oh, man, I'm, I'm not spending 10 grand for that. But if you actually calculate it, it's like, well, you know, you're spending eight hours a week to do it manually right now. Okay, in three years, how much of a savings is that going to be compared to the one time cost? and it's the same thing you know they have the tables reversed they think of the expenditures instead of what they could be doing with that extra time to produce more revenue
1: you know it's a really great point the other thing that people do is is they go price shopping right and and you know the old phrase you get what you pay for it's like do you want the cheapest brain surgeon right do you want the cheapest any doctor lawyer you know, the, the cheapest free agent on the market. You know, if you if you can get you can get Michael Jordan, right? Well, no, but I, I got Spud Webb. Like, why are you bragging about taking the cheapest person possible? Um, there there are skill sets, right, that all all human beings have. And the people that are better usually come with a higher price tag because they're smart enough to know that that they they demand more money. And and what we do is we we find again we have a, a system and infrastructure and software that we recruit about two hundred and fifty thousand people per year that apply to work with us, and we're whittling that down to less than a thousand who we place. You're talking that less than one percent of the best, right? That that's how we get the cream of the crop. And you know, I'd argue our people are going to be twice as, maybe three times as efficient and productive as somebody that you find because you. You know, you go find someone online that's saying like four dollars an hour out of the Philippines or Bangladesh. I mean, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of sad when when people want to pay those wages. Yeah, yeah. So
0: I mean, you just brought up the the big question, the elephant in the room, the wages portion of it. I mean, for and executive assistant admin type work you give us an idea for a company like yours i mean what what's an average per hour type cost that
1: you you're doing so we we don't do per hour and because we're full-time only so you hire you want to work right you want to work with us we're charging you a flat fee every month we're not we're not taking taxes out of that we're not saying well this month this person worked this many hours they work for you Full time, and you pay us either eighteen fifty, nineteen fifty, or two thousand fifty per month, depending on like what you're getting. If marketing, marketing virtual assist, uh, assistant is two thousand fifty a month. A bilingual admin assistant is nineteen fifty, and then an uh, English only admin assistant is eighteen fifty. Wow!
0: So that is. Uh, <laughs> That's pretty amazing. One, those price points are very affordable. And what you would get, especially if you're in a major city, for those same exact rates, uh, I mean, there's probably no comparison uh, that your offer accepted, that's going to be 10 times better. And two, for your business and the business structure itself, I mean, having that set up like that, I mean, you're creating... Uh, you're almost like a SaaS business. You have that recurring revenue aspect that you've built around your business, which is giving you an amazing foundation to continue to grow off of. Because if you do lose one client or two clients, yeah, it sucks. You're probably losing three, $4,000 a month in, in revenue. But it, it's not like it's going to, to totally kill you. You know what I mean? um and the recurring revenue aspect is where so many businesses are going towards but they don't know how they don't know how to do it and i think like with what you're doing is a perfect example of taking a traditional staffing business and turning it into a recurring revenue model
1: you uh you just hit the nail on the head talking about our, our business model right uh, that that business model instead of playing time tetris right we're like I got I got 20 hours of this person. I got 20 hours. I got 30 hours. I got like this person, 30 hours. When, when, when you're selling hours, it's just so hard to get that person full-time work and, and you're constantly, you know, moving people around. It, it's very exhausting. Um, in addition, it provides loyalty, right? You got one person working for because they don't we remain the employer. And so we do the payroll and, and moving money internationally can be very difficult. Um, we have Placement guarantees so if your person leaves for any reason we replace them because turnover is brutal especially in small businesses um so so yes for us it's, it's predictable recurring revenue which helps us build our own company better and have you know take on projects and help continue to to be better and better in this space and help more people
0: and, hey Brett, this has been uh this has been fun did you enjoy your interview oh i, I really did david
1: you keep it light. <laughs>
0: Sure. (laughs) Well, we covered a lot of topics and I really appreciate you kind of, you know, discussing about your business and your inner workings of the business, about how people can benefit from your service, as well as just the model of how your business works. Because I think that's one area. Like I said, many business owners are struggling. How do you get that predictable revenue? And your business is a perfect example of that. So we have one final question for you. How can people digitally stalk you online? Where can they find your book? Where can they find your business? Give us all the
1: details. I'm not going to tell you about the book because that's boring lawyer stuff. So far, that's the only thing okay. I've written. But um, we're on Twitter. Just look, Get Staffed Up. I think it's Get Staffed Up 1. Um, of course, Instagram. Um, but what we've done, because the website is Get Staffed Up. It's, it's spelled just like it sounds. What we've done though for for your Man. listeners, David, is we've created a special landing page. So it's getstaffedup/slash sharkbitebiz. And so Tim. if you go if you go directly to that link, we have a a landing page with um a special discount for your listeners. Um, if anybody is awesome. uh really wants to work with us, um, so I think it's a, it's a pretty nice little discount, and um hopefully. You know, hopefully people look more in, into the wonders of delegation. It's, it's really the only way to grow so that you don't hate yourself and, and lose all that time with your family. Um, and, uh, and hopefully offshore too, because you're changing people's lives. When you grow here domestically and you offer jobs, that's great. And then when you layer in an, a nearshore, as you call it, international offshore mm-hmm. component, you're changing people's lives where they are. And, that, and that's really powerful no
0: that that's totally awesome and all of our viewers on youtube and our listeners out there and you know the podcast world wherever you're listening from as always we'll have that link right below in the description brett hey thank you so much for coming thank on you. i'm so grateful you. and uh once this pandemic's over we'll get you back on and talk about how the digital Go transformation on. if it's still full steam ahead or not
1: Let's do it. I'd love to. Thank you so much for having Awesome. Yeah, all right. Thanks. Cheers. Wow. Such an awesome chat
0: with Brett, right? First, you all know the routine. If you found this interview helpful, if it sparked those warm and fuzzies, do me a favor hit that like button, smash that subscribe button. But if you really want to do us a solid, please share us out to your network. Doesn't matter where you hang out, whether it's Mines, uh, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn rumble odyssey youtube wherever you're at share us out your network hit like leave a comment talk about us because everybody knows shark bite biz is the greatest kept secret out there in the world of business now let's get back to our rock star guest mr brett first i've gotta say you know this is probably the first uh, lawyer slash legal call I actually liked <laughs> okay corny joke just joking we've had so many lawyers on here and none of them have sued me yet. so we've got a pretty good track record. It's really pretty cool though how he built up his law firm you know going from just him to over 10 lawyers and 20 employees in a little bit over uh, than a decade I believe. So that's pretty cool. Having a virtual assistant pre COVID eh, is kind of taboo. You know, having slip ups by the virtual assistant firms easily made your business look pretty bad. However, like all industries, COVID, I guess you could say if there was something that COVID did that was positive, okay, it, it really, help digitally transform a lot of areas and are thinking about a lot of things. It's more accepted, you know, that jobs aren't just local anymore. Jobs are literally global. You're completely competing in a global marketplace to fill your position. And you can hire a virtual assistant literally from Tijuana, Lima, Vancouver, Heck, even Dubai, you could hire someone from Dubai. And as long as they're willing to work, you know, Eastern hours, Central hours, Mountain or Pacific uh, time zone hours, I mean, there's not going to be any issues with that. Everything works out. It's accepted now, it's not a problem. The best part about it is, is that the technology that allowed that to happen pre-COVID also got a lot better now that we're in COVID because it's the same technology that allows you know everybody to have virtual teams right now. I mean, most offices are still have a lot of people that are work from home. What allows you to collaborate, talk to each other, communicate, work on things together Same thing you're going to be using with your virtual assistant. So it really kind of balances out there, I'd say. But, you know, again, and I think I said this during the interview too, the one thing I would really still just want to watch out for is, you know, what doesn't matter what language you're doing business in, make sure the person that you're speaking with doesn't just speak the language speaking the language is 50% of the recipe. Comprehension and really understanding the language is the other half of the recipe because otherwise, you'll be working with a virtual assistant and it will be like literally calling you know, talking to a brick wall, they're not going to understand you you're not going to understand them and you're just going to keep going around in circles and you're going to get you know half-assed work okay i mean that that's how it'll ultimately be so just make sure that you fully vet the person that they really really comprehend um you know in this case it would be english that when you say you know a meaning or a phrase that we say in english it doesn't always mean that literal translation, you know, it means something else. They have to know those types of nuances, I think, for you to really be successful um, at, in a virtual setting. But either way, you know, it's your choice. And it really depends on what task they're doing for you. You know, if they're doing data stuff, Excel spreadsheets, comprehending English isn't going to be the biggest thing in the world. If they're answering phone calls for you and writing emails, yeah, you probably want to make sure that they're doing, you know, a decent level of English in there. So awesome stuff, Brett. Thank you so much for coming on. Please make sure you go check out his business, Get Staffed Up. Question of the day. Would you ever hire a virtual assistant for yourself? Leave a comment down below wherever you're watching this glorious video at. you want to be on the show we got a live stream that we're going to be kicking off soon in the next couple months please shoot out an email interviews at sharkbitebiz.com and remember if you're watching on youtube hit that little join button okay for three dollars a month you can become a baby shark you support the channel financially allows us to continue producing the show as we do and allows us to grow to the channel if not head right on over deadhousecoffee.com like i said earlier freshest coffee on earth you will love it we've got ground we have whole bean we have espresso there's probably about 50 different flavors there and it's zombie themed just use the code shark get your 20 percent off we'll get all the proceeds everybody's happy and y'all know this by now but i'll tell you one last time i'm david strasser this is shark bite biz we'll see you all next episode cheers thank you for listening to shark bite biz